good morning. Greetings once again. Um, my name is uh, Toby. For those of you who don't know me, I serve as a lead pastor here. And uh, for the past several weeks, I was uh, able to go to Israel for the first time in my life. And thank you for your prayer support and just allowing me to be there. It's just a wonderful experience. And, uh, you know, there's, it's just a, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience. And perhaps, like I said last, last week, maybe it is something that we could go together another time next year, hopefully. Uh, just, just, just so be in touch with the Holy Land and just where Jesus walked. It was such a special occasion. I'll share a little bit of the story of that time later on in the message. But right now, we're in this special season, time of the year. Right now, as we reflect upon Jesus Christ, who is resurrected on Easter. So this is a season called Lent. This is the 40-day period leading up to the Easter, the celebration of the resurrection Jesus, which is this year, a little bit late, April 21st. So I hope you could be thinking about who you want to invite. With men, think about all the brand new chairs and, and the fresh new painted walls and just to be able to worship the Lord together. And we have wonderful Easter egg hunts and with the kids. And it's going to be a wonderful program. So start thinking about that. But as we prepare ourselves in this Lenten season, for the preparation of the resurrection, the celebration, um, we are in this uh, 40 days of prayer. I hope you know that this is what we're doing here at the church. If you don't know, we have a calendar for March. For every day during those 40 days, we have a prayer that we as a church pray together on. And it's just a special time where we could just prepare, not just ourselves, but together as a church. So I hope you're part of that. And if not, there is a calendar you can take home. Or if you are on social media, we are, uh, every day uh, is being posted on there, whether it's our Facebook or uh, Instagram. But also during the week, I sent out an email. uh, And what we're doing is during those times, I'm uh, posting a video that I took from Israel. All video are on reflection on prayer. So I hope you get, if you don't have our email or if you don't get that into your inbox around Tuesdays, or I'm sorry, like Thursdays of the week, um, please let us know. Fill in those connection cards. Let us know your email address. We'll put it you on there. So uh, we'll have those uh, videos to deliver to you. But last Sunday, or I'm sorry, last week I shared a, picture, a video uh, when I was walking in the, the wilderness of Judea or uh, the desert. It's so dry and it was a reflection where we experienced a dry time of our lives. During when we walk through the wilderness of life, it is actually an invitation from God to lean into Him and to seek God even more in those times. And those are the reflections that I've been sending out on the weekly emails. And uh, so the question this morning I want to open up with is, is how is your prayer? Do you pray? Have you prayed? Or how often do you pray? What is it like when you pray? I mean, the question regarding prayer. Because today, we're going to look at how Jesus prayed. In the beginning portion of the message, we're going to look at how Jesus and why he prayed. It's such a beautiful picture that our Lord Jesus prayed. And then, how do we pray? Do you know what prayer is? Maybe for some, coming to church is such a new thing that you never prayed before. Well, prayer, first of all, is a conversation with God, with Almighty God. And it is not just like, okay, I want this, 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 and that. I mean, you know, yes, cast your request to God. That's what the Bible says. But it is a chance for us to communicate, speak, and be spoken to by God. That is what prayer is. So I hope that prayer is an active part of your life. And what prayer does is it aligns our heart with God's heart. And it's just this recalibration process. And we, we, we 
connect with God in that way. And it is such a necessary tool and in, in an experience as we follow Jesus. So the overarching theme today is about following Jesus. To follow Jesus, it is the overarching theme that we want to look at. And that is such an important part of my life as a pastor, but I hope it is to you. We are followers of Jesus. So how are we to follow Jesus? What is the attitude? What is the perspective do we need in serving and following Jesus? So we're going to look at the Sermon on the Plain as we're going to open up to Luke chapter 6 once again. And it is directed to those or the true followers of Jesus. He called them the apostles. You know what an apostle is? Apostle is the one who represent Jesus, represent his values on here, on earth, in this life. And that's us, right? I hope that's us. I hope we could all say, hey, I'm an apostle of Jesus because I represent him in my family, in my neighborhood, in my workplace. So let's do it. Let's go. All right. So let's open up your Bibles to Luke chapter six. And we're going to look at verse 12. So if you could, if you don't have your Bible or uh, you could just look at the screen as well. So um, let me read this for you. Verse 12, it says, One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spend the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. So our Lord Jesus, he prayed all night when selecting and finalizing these 12 disciples that, is, that will eventually represent him into the world into us. and because of their work, the gospel has reached us after 2,000 years. Jesus prayed all night praying for these men. And before making this, these big decisions in his life, Jesus always prayed, just like this story, Guardian of Gethsemane, before he was crucified. In many occasions, Jesus spends the night praying, spends hours praying to God. He's pouring out his heart, being spoken to by Father God, and he is seeking the Father's heart. And you notice that these apostles, none of those volunteered themselves. It's, oh, I want to be an apostle. It was they were chosen by God. It was Jesus selecting these people. Even Judas Iscariot, who eventually betrays Jesus, and, and he, his story does not have a fun ending. But even Judas, and we're going to look into Judas's life later on in the series of Luke, because we're going to go through all this. But just a sneak preview of who he is. Judas is his name. Iscariot is where he's from. Iscariot means the man of the city. So unlike the other 11 disciples or the apostles, that they're mainly fishermen in the rural area of, uh, of this uh, near the Sea of Galilee, he was from the city, the sophisticated mind. And obviously that later on haunted him and he betrayed Jesus. We were going to get into that story. But even Judas, the one who betrayed Jesus, was chosen by God. And it was through the prayer all night long, Jesus prayed. So here's a picture of the Sea of Galilee. And one morning, I got up from uh, when we were, uh, we had a hotel, uh, it's like a motel right by the Sea of Galilee. I don't know if you could see, but it is, it was pitch black. It was dark at five o'clock in the morning. I decided to go out here and to, and to pray. It, it, I was there for about an hour, just praying to God and just imagining the scene of this is where Jesus must have been 
Because in his life, he often prayed in the mountainside and other areas. And I'm sure he spent his time looking at the Sea of Galilee when the sun came up. And for me, it was about 5 o'clock. And then the slowly sun began to rise and began to illuminate. And it's the beautiful pink. And then all of a sudden, I started to hear birds singing and the fish jumping in the sea. And I'm just sitting here like, wow, this must be a place where our Lord have also sat and saw the same scene. It's just a beautiful experience as a follower of Christ. So just like that. So his story right here, he is on the mountainside. I'm by the lakeside, but I'm kind of like, you know, just putting myself in Jesus' shoe. And that morning, what happened was Jesus, and the morning came, the sun came up, and then he decided, okay, these 12 are the ones that will become my apostles, my representatives. So he decides to call these 12. He says, come near me. And he was about to send them off as an apostle, install them as apostles. But what happened was Jesus' story, his recognition, people heard. And all over Jerusalem, all over Israel, all over Capernaum, in all these areas, people came to hear Jesus. So, yes, the disciples, these 12, were waiting to see, okay, when I'm going to get installed, when I'm going to be apostle, they're right there. But Jesus, the crowds start coming to listen to him, to hear his teaching, and also to be healed by Jesus. So what's happening is disciples were right there because Jesus was about to get, make them apostles. But then here are these people, and Jesus heals them all. It's incredible. He heals everybody. Look what's happening. They're watching Jesus. Jesus is modeling them of what it means to be a minister to these people who need a shepherd. And, and the, they're waiting to be uh, sent off as apostles. And Jesus, they're watching Jesus and how, what they're doing, how he's praying, how he's touching. And, you know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful moment where the baton is being tossed and passed on to the next generation. And the work does not stop with Jesus, but it transfers over to the 12. And then the 12 multiplies. Well, one drops out, but then 11 becomes 12 again, and it multiplies, and it reaches us eventually 2,000 years later. But it starts in these moments where Jesus is modeling them. And just and then what happened? What happened was Jesus looked to them, now, you just saw me do that, right? And then he looks them in the eyes. And it began this beautiful message, the Beatitudes. As if to say, now this is the attitude that you need to follow me. It's very similar to the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapter 5. There's a lot of overlap. But here in Luke's account, we find it a very personal, directed towards these disciples, soon-to-be apostles. It is a very personal language, and I hope that becomes a personal invitation to all of you. And these are the people who have decided to follow Jesus, but now are being representatives of Jesus. So are you one of them? Are you the twelve? I hope you're not Judas. But I hope I am part of that. I know there's more than 12 people in here. But I hope we could all say, I am part of that 12 or, or 11, however you look at it. But I want to be part of that apostle. I want to be representing Jesus in this world. But are you ready? Because what Jesus said that day, it rocked their world. It changed everything. And when we listen to this as a personal invitation to us, it will rock our world. It will challenge us like crazy. So you've been warned. Are you ready to look at this? Are you ready to read this together? 
Well, whether you're not, we're going to read it. All right, here we go on the screen. All right, let's look at this and let's read this together. Here we go. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Son of Man is what Jesus referred to himself. But wait a minute. What? Right? Blessed are the poor, the weeping, the hungry, when you're insulted. I mean, how could that be? Doesn't Jesus care for my well-being? Doesn't he care for me? Yes, he does. But that's not the point that Jesus wants to make right here, right now. He is speaking to us, saying that you are blessed when you are rejected in my name. What is Jesus doing? He is preparing the apostles for the future because, yes, all of them went through all of that. They were, he was preparing them for what to expect. And they did not know, they did not expect that at the moment, but they all suffered as apostles. As they represented Jesus, they suffered. And one, Judas, did not be able to make it at the end. But every one of them suffered as apostles. So he is preparing them and us for what is to come. Intimidated, but it is true that he is preparing us And then also what Jesus is doing is through this teaching, he is challenging our values and our worldviews and how we look at the world. Isn't that true? Because knowing Jesus and his gospel and how much he loves you, hasn't that changed the way you look at life? Hasn't that beginning to shift the, the focus of your life? Because the things that used to give you so much satisfaction or perhaps a high and all kinds of different possible meaning that is, hasn't those things of the world have lost its glamour as you begin to know the beauty of what it means to be loved by God? Isn't that true for you? The things of the world become slowly dimmed. And now you realize the flattery of the world and the things that made you satisfied and lifted you up Now you realize those are really not real. Those are fake. Now I'm beginning to know what true love means. And you see how the world value, the the values of us, they're changing. Have you experienced that? Nobody? I hope so. Because this is why Jesus says, woe to those. And we're going to get into the woes. Or in other words, how terrible it is. He is warning us, be careful. So let me read from verse 24. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. For that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. See, if being rich, eating well, being complimented, being well-treated, being popular, if those are the things that satisfies our soul, we're missing it. We're getting it all wrong. We cannot fall for that anymore because we know what it means to be fulfilled from the inside out. Because Jesus already knows those things of the world will never, ever fully satisfy you because there's only temporary. 
it will go away. And you will go up when people start complaining. But when the people start insulting you, you will be shattered to pieces. I mean, you will go up and down and fluctuate and be you know, blown away by the winds of the world. And he knows that that's not healthy for us. We cannot get caught up in those because we are followers of Jesus. And we need a new perspective in order for us to follow him. So what are these perspectives that we need? We need a kingdom perspective and we need an eternal perspective. Kingdom and eternal perspective. These are what Jesus is teaching us through these beatitudes. He is teaching us these new values, new perspective, because without them, what he's teaching and how he's going to lead us will not make sense that we will not be able to follow Without these perspective, the kingdom and the eternal perspective, we're, always, we're only, as much as we want, all we're going to be is a fan of Jesus. We're just going to be a fan club of Jesus. Oh, it's a great teaching, but it's not going to affect our lives. If we do not change our perspective, we cannot be true apostles. We cannot be true representatives. So what is the kingdom perspective? He is king. Jesus is the Lord. He is on the throne of our hearts. And we are his sons and daughters. We are royal prince and princesses, right? I mean, that's what means to have a kingdom perspective. And no matter what is coming our way in this world, we know that in our, th- in our heart, Jesus is throned. He is right there, and that will never be shaken. And that is the perspective that this world will never teach you. But it is through Jesus we get to have him on the throne. And because of that, we are protected. We are his children. We are his sons and daughters. And now the eternal perspective. I hope that makes sense to you. When we die, we will live forever in God's kingdom. Heaven. That is the perspective. Kingdom and the eternal. So with that, the poverty of today, no matter what we have or what we don't have, It doesn't match up to the glorious riches of heaven, right? I mean, so what what we, maybe we're experiencing poverty or something insufficient. It will only amplify the beauty and the glory of what we will experience in heaven. Amen? And then hunger is good because we appreciate the little things of life. And in fact, we need to stay hungry. We dedicated a whole series on being hungry last year because if we lose hunger, we're going to get fat. We're going to get, you know, gluttony of spiritual spirituality. We'll, we won't even see God anymore. we got to stay hungry. So he's saying, blessed are the hungry, because we will need to be filled by the Spirit of God every day. We need, we, when we're hungry, we're going to depend on him. My experience when I went to Brazil, Cambodia, separate occasions, you know, maybe 12, 20, 10 years apart, but you know, when I go there and I'm seeing these children and these, these villages, they don't have a tenth of what we have here, or what I have, but they are so hungry and they are filled every day because they're seeking God. And every word I say from the Bible, they're like listening in like no, nothing else. And they're just so absorbing everything. Their eyes are shining because they're so blessed by the hunger that they have. And we are to learn from those Because we have so much, sometimes we lose the hunger. And then the happiest place possible awaits. And it ain't Disneyland. (laughs) 
It is heaven. The true happily ever after takes place. It's not, the world says, okay, if you marry the right person, if you have a certain amount of income and if you afford a house at all, you have, you have nice family, children with a dog and all that, you live happily ever after. That's not true. Because what happens, you die. That's it. But for us, for those who follow Jesus, the best thing is going to happen after everything is done, said and done. And that awaits us. Therefore, we are blessed. But in this life, however, there still be hate. There still be exclusion and insult, rejection, and all kinds of things will come our way. That is a given. Jesus already said that. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 12, it says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It, we will be persecuted. It is a given. But let's be careful. I want to go off, let me go on with a little bit of tangent. Because, you know, as Christians, we've got to be very careful. Sometimes we're insulted, we're, we're uh, you know, rejected, and then we feel all of them are just like a badge of honor. But it could well be that you're, you're just a mean Christian, you know? <laughs> right? We've got to be careful because, okay, here's a story. I heard a man who was very rich. He was living in a city. He was a Christian. He wanted to tell people about Jesus, but, you know, he didn't want to go out in the streets or he didn't want to knock on doors. So he, he bought this blimp, you know, like those Goodyear, you know. And then he went up there and he started passing out tracks. And it was all over the city. And it was, it was like flying into people's balcony in their backyard. It's bombarded people. And they're like, what is this? And it's like, come to church. I'm like, no, this is like trash. He's like throwing trash into my backyard. And then the reputation of that man was like going downhill. And they're like, what is this guy? And then he's blasting on loudspeakers. And he's like, hey, you, you, you go to, you don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell. And, you know, he's blasting all day long. And they're like, oh, my baby cannot sleep because of that. You know, they're just so, and then people got together and they're like, you, you it's not working. Come on. And you got to get rid of that. And, and then he was like, oh. I'm being insulted. I'm being rejected. And, I, and then, so, come on, right? I mean, it, 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 it's just it, 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 irresponsible evangelism. It is re- disrespectful, and it is inconsiderate. And those aren't badge of honor. We're not being, you're just a jerk. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, I mean that, you know, we, we got to be careful as Christians because, and then sometimes Christians, good Christians could disagree on things, and they could reject each other. And then they could, each other says, oh, well, that, he must be from Satan because he's, he's not listening to me. But that ain't true either. See, what do we need? We got to lean into Jesus. We need him on our throne, teaching us what it means to serve, teaching us what it means to love. I mean, that is what we need. So the kingdom and eternal perspective, if we don't have that, we're going to get it all wrong. And Jesus have already warned us, it's going to be tough, y'all. Even poverty, hunger, weeping and sadness, rejections. With Jesus on our throne, giving us the eternal hope of heaven, we are blessed. Can we say that? Can we say that, church? Is he enough for you? Come on, come on. So, what we've been looking at is what Jesus has shared. It is so radical. It is so like challenging. But wait till you see next week. 
<laughs> it's going to be even more crazy. It's going to be you, it's going to throw your, our vision of life completely upside down. And um, is it my beard? Or is it, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to do that to you. But, um, you know, next week is going to even get crazier. So I hope you'll be back to listen to the part two of this, his, his sermon on the mount, or not the mount, but sermon on the plain. But it is completely, completely different and opposite of what this teaching is of the world. And we got to, take it seriously and these 12 disciples even though you know all of them betrayed jesus at one point in their life after witnessing the resurrection of jesus they remembered all that he taught them and they began to seriously follow in his footsteps they were thinking of the things that jesus did and how he touched people and how he healed and prayed for people they got flashbacks of those memories and it's like oh what am i supposed to do oh i know i saw jesus in action so they began to imitate they followed his footsteps and eventually they went on to change the world these are the apostles but please look to yourself you've been called by god you've been called by jesus we could be his re- representative an apostle You may think that you chose to be here. No, God chose you to be right here. Without Jesus, without his blessing and his guidance and his giving you life, we will not be here. But he has chosen you and given you this calling, the same calling that is given to these 12. It is given to us today in 2019, the same, same calling. He's chosen you so that he is wanting you to take that torch and represent him in your world. I want to end with the story of Kyoko. Kyoko was our tour guide in Israel. And she was the most amazing tour guide. And she is a wonderful believer of Jesus. And he, she was telling us all about, hey, here's where Jesus talked and walked. And it's an unbelievable story. And towards the end of this um, the trip, we had a very climax was our baptism. Uh, at first, seven people, all of them were rededication uh, baptism. So it wasn't their first time, but they wanted to be baptized where Jesus was baptized. And on the Jordan River, you might have seen this, but it's kind of a muddy water, and it's not that clean. But it, that's where Jesus got baptized. So people love to get baptized there. I'm like, and they asked me to do the baptism. I'm like, sure, I'll do that, but it's kind of dirty. It was okay. I, I don't mind. It's a joyous moment. So, but then what happened was in Israel, it was raining the whole like first three, four days. So what happened was when we went to the Jordan uh, baptism site where Jesus was baptized, the water level was so high. It was too dangerous. So we couldn't get baptized. I'm like, yes. All right. So, but, all right, so the next step was go to another uh, uh, Next, but we had an option B, which was a cleaner, nicer place. So we travel on the bus, and we're still on our swimming suit, and I'm like, okay, let's go. And then, but then, the, the Kyoko, our bus driver, she never screws up, but she got us lost. So, so she's like, I never happened to me in 30 years. Oh, my, okay. But then we didn't get to this place. We were three or two minutes late. So there's like, no, we can't get you baptized. But then it was kind of nice, but I looked down in the water, and it was like catfish all over. So I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that. I don't want to get in that. So I was cool with that. But, you know, it's just one of those beautiful sights. But nobody was able to get baptized that day. But what happened was so amazing after that. That night, we all had dinner. And then we found out that Kyoko has never been baptized. Because she was married to a Jewish man. 
and it get complicated with the family. So it could mean, a, you know, her family, her husband's cool, but her in-laws and others, they weren't cool if she was get to baptize. So she waited and waited, and she, through the whole time, like people were joking. It's like maybe it rained and all this happened so that you could be baptized tomorrow. And she was like, because she was denying the whole time, I'm never going to get baptized. It's just not now. I'm not ready. I, 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 we got to talk to the family. But then that night, she was reflecting upon the whole time in Israel of how it rained in the first couple of days. And because of the rain, the river flooded, and it was just waji all over. Waji is the, the dry place where when it rains, it, it water flows, and it becomes the stream. It's like our vision of our church, right? But she saw that, and she's like, wow, this is, I, I've never, in 30 years of my uh, you know, time in Israel, this is the second time this has ever happened. And because of this, water was filling up the land. These flowers are blooming everywhere. And during the day, we got to go see, and, and, and it was blooming. And she's like, you know, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for me to bloom as well. Wow. And she was, so the, all these miracles, the fact that we could not get baptized on that day allowed her to think through the whole night. And then the morning, I came. And you know, after the, that that first picture that was the day of the baptism i got up five o'clock and the baptism was at six o'clock so i went to the lobby to meet with those who were getting baptized of course seven people were getting rebaptized, including my buddy who used to come to church never came back but he came to israel and he got rebaptized. so he's gonna come to church in april so anyways anyways um but then there kyoko there she was at the lobby she must have prayed all night but she looked so refreshed it's like i'm ready I, I'm not going to hold back anymore because I, I, I want to follow Jesus. And I want to represent him into my family, in my family, even if it means I'm rejected. So here it is. This is the picture. Isn't that a beautiful sight? Wow. Yeah, that's John the Baptist. No, no, that's me right there. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then here is Kyoko. And, you know, there's just tears and tears. And she's just like, and it was this most amazing, amazing story. Had it not been for these miracles that took place the day before, she would have never had the chance. But that night, God spoke to her. And she knew she wanted to trust in Him to represent Jesus as an apostle to her family and, and pray for her. It's not easy to tell Jews about Jesus Christ because there's history. But with the kingdom and eternal perspective, she is following Jesus. So now, what about our lives? What's happening in your life? What are the areas of your heart, your life, where God is knocking to take that next step of faith? Whatever the step is, it is different from you and you and you and the person next to you. It is all different, but it is true that He wants you to take your hand and take you to the next step of faith. So what is that for you? So that you could follow in His footsteps even further, even a little bit deeper, into the lake or Sea of Galilee. Now, we are apostles of Jesus. We are to represent Him in this world. We are all called by God to represent Him in the values of the kingdom of God until the day He returns here, right where you are. Let's follow Him. Let's continue to do that. Here's a weekly challenge. So would you take out your phones, take a picture, take it with you? Just, just put that in your 
you know, reminder, whatever it takes, but let's continue to do that. And just imagine if all of us sitting here one time during this week review these questions and have a real honest dialogue with God. Just imagine how that will continue to help us to grow in our faith. Let's read um, Luke 6, 12 to 26. What does this passage teach us about the perspectives that we need to follow Jesus and then 2 Timothy chapter 3, this is where, you know, Paul is warning just the, 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 the toughness and, and all the, the things that can happen to us. How can you be prepared for the challenges that you will face as Christ's follower? And then overflow, how you will you represent the life of Jesus this week through prayer? It says, life up, but I meant to say lift up. So lift up someone in prayer with an, also with an act of service. Let us continue to overflow with his presence in this world. Let's pray. Rejoice in that day and leave for joy because great is your reward in heaven. God, in this world, there are a lot of challenges that we face, but we look to the reward that we will find in heaven that we were obedient to your call. We took those steps of faith when it felt our heart said no. But because you, you speak to our soul, especially in time of desert and wilderness, you speak to us and we get to speak to you. And in those moments, remind us of that calling that you have given us to follow your hand, to follow your footsteps, to take your hand and follow your footsteps. Lord Jesus, thank you for showing us the way, giving us an example to live, and then to giving us your values of how do we look at this world, and what does it mean to be blessed, and what does it mean to be woed. God, give us your mind more and more. Help us to grow in our faith. Then let us not stop, but may we be rivers that overflow and flood this world with your love and your grace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.